Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
what a song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. We had a fantastic show the other night. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and audience. You are all incredible. The show just keeps getting bigger and bigger. and bigger. We keep evolving, growing uh, larger. Uh, the audience um, is in 25 different countries, 70 online platforms. And uh, I'll tell you guys, it's been quite the week in the media. Uh, we've got a lot to uh, cover tonight, uh, a lot to uh, dive into. Um, I'll tell you, though, in the last couple of days, um, I, I haven't been able to keep up. I mean, it's been, it's been that hectic. Um, I, I want to uh, mention to everybody, uh, as everybody knows, I will be starting at Salem Radio uh, in the next couple weeks. I'm just waiting for the studio there to open back up, uh, but it's a huge opportunity for me. Uh, I was supposed to start there a couple weeks ago, but at, with this whole corona thing, it's been pushed back. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, uh, probably I would say next week or the week after is what we're looking at. Uh, in terms of launch date. And, uh, you know, as everybody knows, people like Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, uh, Hugh Hewitt, Sebastian Gorka, Dennis Prager, uh, and so much more uh, broadcast from there. And, uh, you know, this is really just the opportunity of a lifetime for me. And uh, I'm excited to take my career to the next level. Uh, I also want to mention to everybody, uh, we have our media site that I've been revamping, restructuring, uh, really uh, – you know, putting it to the next level and uh, having it as modern, as evolved as possible. And uh, it's really impressive. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, you know, this was supposed to be launched the other night. Unfortunately, we're, we ran into some troubles. So I will be launching it here over the weekend. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, everybody knows it's already been released before. I just kind of wanted to um, really uh, customize it, uh, you know, uh, more and, and put, you know, additional things uh, in terms of features, in terms of uh, what we're going to be do, doing with broadcasting, different TV shows, radio shows, uh, video segments, you name it, all that different stuff. We really want to take this to the next level. We want to really, uh, especially with how uh, independent media uh, is becoming stronger and stronger and there's becoming more and more of a niche for it every single day. We see all these different um, you know, podcast hosts that keep capitalizing and keep, you know, um, growing uh, higher and higher in, in this realm. So, you know, and that's the reason for that, because mainstream media has such a lack of credibility, a lack of credibility these days. I mean, they, they can't be trusted. More and, more and more people keep shying away from the main stations, and they're trying to get their sources and, and their info and outlets um, well, well, their sources and their info and their news from other outlets. I mean, that's what they're trying to do, um, you know. And think about all the ratings that are down in the mainstream. I mean, it's it's at all time highs in terms of you know how bad their ratings are. It, it's terrible. I, I, mean, I meant to say all time lows, but their ratings are at all time highs in terms of how bad. Um, but you guys, you know, I, I want to also mention the fact that um, you know this whole Corona thing. It looks as if as if for the most part. It's pretty much behind us. Um, you know, we flattened the curve. We've dealt with it. Uh, we've taken action. Uh, we've, we've done what we've had to do. Uh, but what a, what a big waste of – in a lot of ways, 
we look at this whole scenario, and, and I'm going to get into a whole rant on this tonight. We're going to dive into this like crazy. But, uh, you know, it just seems there could have been so many better ways to deal with this than close down the entire economy. We've never, ever seen this in our, in our entire existence. Never. And we've, done, we've gone through and endured so much worse. You know, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta ask yourself: Is this gonna be the new normal? Comes out like a virus, we're all gonna panic and we're all gonna close down and hide. No, I mean, and you know what? I, this is all political. It really is. If you look at what's really going on uh, in places that Democrats are running the show, they are purposely trying to keep the economy uh, shut down. Uh, in places that Republicans are running the show. Pretty much everything's back open. So in these states run by Democrats that are staying closed, they've got a strong decline, many of them, but the people in power uh, don't want to look at the actual facts. Instead, they want to live in their own little bubble and make, make the decision, you know, on their own terms when they think they should, you know, let their people be free. It's sick stuff, though. I mean, I'm seeing so much sadness from so many people. I, we've seen suicide skyrocket. We've seen, um, you know, spousal, I mean, mar- marital uh, issues, and more divorces, spouse uh, violence, domestic violence, all-time, you know, records. Um, you know, it goes on and on. Mental health. There's going to be more people that suffer from mental health with, with this situation than there are from the actual virus. You don't even know what this does to somebody's psyche. Um, especially when you take them out of their routine and take them out of their everyday, you know, uh, patterns of life, uh, that, that is not um, the American way. That's not uh, how, uh, you know, we operate and do things. And it's, it's not sane. I mean, it, some of these people, uh, some, I can't even believe what I've read. You know, what, what, you know I, I think others have, I mean, so many people have it terrible. Have it terrible. I mean, there's, there's fortunate people like myself and others that, you know, are, are, are have their own companies and have their own investments and self-employed. But 70% of America right now, I would say, is hurting. And over 30 million people have lost their jobs. I mean, enough is enough. You know, if these Democrat governors, guys, keep this up, then you guys have no choice but to keep opening shops. If they don't want to let your state open – they can't – if you – if we keep the trend going, because I'm seeing a lot of patriots do this, well, they'll just start opening shop. They'll just start doing their thing. And, you know, I mean, some of them are getting arrested. Some of them are getting tickets. But there's a lot of places that are just letting them slide because they understand there's a lot of sheriffs that won't, um, you know, enable or condone this sort of law. So uh, there's only so much people can take. And when you're messing with somebody's finances – that's, that's messing with their life. That's, that's, that's fatality status. Because when somebody can't make money, they can't eat. And then when they can't eat, they starve. Why aren't they talking about the hundreds of thousands of people that die from starvation every year? I mean, we're going to talk, you know, this, this whole new world order, you know, out of left field, um, and, and all these people like Fauci and these experts saying, oh, well, you know, um, we, 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 months ago, he's saying, oh, we don't think it's that serious. You don't need to wear a mask. They only really started getting all frantic and crazy on us 
when it was at the last second because they knew that, you know, it, it had already taken effect and that their deep state initiative was absolutely in place and working. They couldn't have said it early on because Trump would have easily to it and we, would have, we wouldn't even gone through anywhere near uh, this sort of, uh, you know, disaster if Fauci, guys like Fauci and these others were more transparent and, and really, you know, but they're not because they care about being in bed with the pharmaceuticals. They care about making money. They care about capitalizing on their, on their status. That's all it is. And now I'm seeing all this idiocy and all these polls going, going around that people want Fauci to run for Congress or run for Senate. I mean, God, can you imagine this scumbag, this rat in Washington, D.C., a guy that's worked with Bill Gates on several different projects, a guy that's on many vaccine boards, including Bill Gates's, uh, a guy that has been involved with people like Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. You know, they, 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 dude, I mean, this is, this is crazy stuff. We're, we're, I didn't want to get too much on a rant right now, and I'm sorry I did. Um, but let's get into some of the opening stuff, and we're going to talk all about this tonight. Um, I'm going to introduce my panel here shortly. Uh, but, guys, um, the weekend is approaching. Um, I hope you're all staying safe. I, I hope uh, wherever, you know, wherever you are, whether you're back in a place that's completely open or still, unfortunately, stuck somewhere that's closed, um, you know, I, I hope, um, God, I'm just praying for everybody. I really am. Because even the people that are allowed to go back out, I mean, there's a lot of people that uh, – don't have anything to go back out to now because they've lost their job. They've lost their, you know, situation. I mean, this is good, good Lord guys. Good Lord. And we're just supposed to sit back. And that's what's the most frustrating for all this time. We were supposed to just sit back and watch it happen. We were just so supposed to sit back, you know, and it's, it's mind blowing. It really is. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. U S congressional candidate from Arizona. Josh Barnett. Josh, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again, man. Look forward to yeah, uh, being absolutely. on tonight. There's a lot of stuff that's happened and a lot of stuff even from uh, President Trump just today that he's done. So definitely a lot to talk about. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you could join us. I'm glad you could be with us tonight. Uh, we have a lot to get into, so thank you. Thank you, Roy. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. To make sure we have political columnist and commentator Chris Carter. What's up, buddy? Represent Washington D.C. What's up, Drain the Swamp? Absolutely, one hundred percent, man. I agree. I agree. We are living in a time like never seen before. Absolutely, my friend. Thanks for having me on the show tonight. I've been looking at a lot of the different headlines today, and I can tell you. Uh, I'm ready to get into it with you. Um, congratulations on getting picked up by Salem Radio. I love Joe Piscopo's show out of New York City. He's a friend of mine, great guy. You're in there with a great crew. When do you start again? Uh, in the next week or two. I was supposed to start last week, uh, but their studios have been shut down in Arizona. Right. I think I remember hearing something about that. But anyway, you know, people need these other alternative outlets to be told what's going on, because frankly, there's so much developing news by the hour. Right now's news cycle underneath the COVID-19 coverage will make your head spin. It will. It absolutely will. Amen, buddy. Well, glad you could be with us. With us. A lot to get into tonight. And uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's uh, headline after headline. 
What do you think about the recent allegations and revelations, basically, of what Ambassador Grinnell declassified in the reports in regard to what they're seeing in Congress now? These people can't believe it, and everything that everybody's saying and alternative media has been pretty spot on. I mean, wouldn't you agree? What do you think about this? I mean, what's, the, out of, what's happened this week with what they found out with Susan Rice? Sally Yates, the meeting with Obama on January 5th. What's the thing that sticks out the most to you? We're going to get into that. We're going to get all in, into all that tonight. I got that on the agenda, so uh, stay here because I, I can't wait to hear your opinion as well. All right, I'm here. All righty. I, uh, I also want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have uh, crime expert and best-selling author, Carlo Cavazzuti. Carlo, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Rory. How are you? Doing very well, my friend. Glad to have you here. What's what's going on? Well, I just finished my third book. The editor's uh, starting to take a look at it and go through and make sure it's all set for the final copy. Um, getting sick to my stomach with all this crap that the uh, Democrats are trying to pull against their great uh, president. Um, I viewed a video today of a young man, young black man working in a nursing home, beating the piss out of some old man because he messed up the bed. And the final pictures were of this guy bloody. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgraceful. Yep, he was from Detroit and he did get arrested. I'm happy about that and I saw that. We're going to get into that tonight. Um, I'm really glad you could good, be here, Carlo. Good. I'm really glad you could be here, and I, I can't wait to hear your opinions on everything. Uh, um, it's going to be an exciting night. Yes, it will be, and I'm going to sit here and listen until you're ready for me. All righty, my friend. Well, I'm ex- thank you for being with us. All right. Um, I also want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, we have columnist and activist uh, Kevin Mooney. Kevin, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. I'm glad you could be back with us. Uh, a lot to get into tonight. Uh, excited to hear your opinions. Um, I'm going to go on my uh, rant, and then, uh, as usual, anybody on the panel who has any thoughts, um, I'll definitely uh, would get to you, and I'd love to hear everything you have to say. Um, this is always a very fun part of the show. Uh, so let's dive into it, everybody. Uh, here are the Rory rants. So what I'm going to start with, and this is something that's been really bothering me ever since I saw the headline today, and I'm like, this is this is just further division, this is just further further hatred, more anger, more hostility, more taking us backwards where we don't need to go. Uh, the new Black Panther Party, and we all know what these people stand for. Is it really a secret, guys? They want to take over. They want to be superior. They want to be completely, you know, the the alpha uh, over. And they think, you know, in terms of superior, they want their race to dominate all white people, all Mexicans, all Asians. If you're not black, they don't care about you. And, you know, the, the whole double standard, imagine if this was a white group going around spreading this kind of hate. Imagine the kind of backlash you would see from somebody like CNN. 
it would be off the wall. It would be off the chart. You wouldn't be able to turn your TV off without. I mean, it, it's crazy. It's it, it, you would you keep flipping channels, and that's that's all you would see. All they talk about is white Nazis on those channels. But the new Black Panther Party, they, the liberal media likes to classify these people as heroes. They like to classify these people as patriots and people that are spreading positive change for the world. Really. So you're telling me when you go and, and beat up innocent people, you cause riots at your rallies, you don't do anything peaceful, you're telling me that's, that's good for the country? Give me a break. And, and here, here's the, uh, the new stunt that they're pulling. Uh, they want to boycott all of Chinese merchants. Not, we're talking about a, people in America, Chinese Americans. They want to ban all of their merchants to protest racism. Because they think the Chinese have been racist towards blacks. Anyway, what what are we what are we dealing with right now? I mean, this is the whole. You know, I I don't know where this idiocy idiocy comes from, where this delusion, where these, and I don't even know if it really makes any sense to be honest. I mean, how the hell are American Chinese responsible? For and, and you know they're they're going into this like you know because a lot of black people unfortunately were more vulnerable to this disease so they're basically generalizing and taking it all out on Asian people the Black Panther Party I mean don't forget the, this party uh, on more than one occasion has been asked to be labeled as as a hate group uh, from our side from conservatives have been trying to get it and maybe they already have maybe it already is I mean I know at one point what I thought, I thought it may have been um, a, labeled a terrorist organization, but I'm not sure because I know there's so many different ones. This is called the New Black Panther Party. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't keep track with these social justice warrior madness groups, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, what do we do? And then that, the other thing, I mean, did, I, did anybody ever see the video? And it's kind of funny, but it's actually pretty sad. Uh, but a white people going up to blacks and these black guys in, in gangs – I don't know which gang they're exactly in, but there was some sort of situation. And they were telling the white people, get on your knees and kiss my toes, kiss my boot. And this was all over the Internet. This got millions of views, and people were laughing at it because it was so ridiculous. But, and, you know, this is the liberal ideology. I mean, these people are, are that pathetic and that weak and that wimpy that they get, on, they get on their knees and start kissing the black man's boot and the black man is saying how fucked up the white people are while they're kissing the boot. Are you not telling me that's not racist? And, and the Black Panther Party has done certain stuff like this, too. You know, just, just the attacking and the targeting of specific races. I mean, just because you're black and I get you've gone through some of the hardest times, you know, in terms of the old days. Uh, but we don't live in those times anymore. You know, you can't blame all of us for you know, and make that justification or that excuse. It's bullshit. It's the same sort of thing with uh, slavery reparations. My grandparents or my family didn't own slaves. Why the hell am I going to give you money out of my pocket? And a lot of these people never owned slaves, but just because they're white, just because, you know, you want any, oh, that whole white privilege bullshit. If I hear somebody say white privilege one more time, they're going to get socked in the mouth. I'm sick of these people that use that term. It's ignorant. It's racist. It's wrong. Because what, you know, what do you, is somebody that's white and homeless, are they, do they have white privilege? I'm curious. Or somebody that's white and handicapped and can't move, 
out of, out of a wheelchair? Are they privileged? But, I mean, you know, it just it goes on and on. Racism, it only gets called out usually when, you know, it, it's towards, it, well, not towards white people, I can tell you that. And when people say, oh, I'm a, I'm a person of color, I'm a person of me no matter what, first of all, you, you don't use terms like respect me no matter what. And that whole people of color term, why don't you just call yourself a human being? Why don't you just call yourself a citizen? Because if you want to play that game, I'm, I'm white. I'm a, I'm a person of color too, aren't I? Aren't I a color? I mean, it's like the, the putting yourself in boxes. A knock it off. You're a human. You're an American. You're a citizen. I don't see color. I see Jack. I see Paul. I see whatever your name may be. I don't look at – and then that's what too many people in this country are so focused on is color. And that's how politicians and that's how D.C. has divided us for the longest time. Frick, can we – in every election cycle, every damn election cycle, how can we improve relations in all these different communities? When they don't go do anything in the inner cities, all they do is love to hear themselves talk. They get the vote of the minority. They take advantage of it. They use them as political pawns. And then they say, uh, we'll see you in a couple of years when it's re-election time. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, speaking of, of a situation kind of you know, talking about, I want to bring up this whole Ahmaud Arbery situation. So we all saw the video released a couple weeks ago, you know, uh, 30 seconds, very limited to what you could see, very, very, a lot of it cut off. I, I saw about maybe almost 10 seconds that kind of got a little blurry or kind of did, you know, uh, went away from what was really going on and then it went back to, to the action. But you look at that, something so like a clip, like, and I know what happened is terrible. I, I'm not, you know, saying that this is a, a situation, any sort of, this is a terrible situation. This situation, um, you know, has so many different unanswered questions, though, and so many different gray areas. Um, and the, the thing that bothers me the most is that people want to see a 30-second video, and they want to generalize, and they automatically want to assume racism, hate crime. They targeted him out of nowhere. Uh, and then the story is he was jogging. Uh, in reality, he was ten, over 10 miles away from his home. He was wearing uh, khaki pants. Uh, I'm, I'm a jogger. I jog every single day. I run every day. And I don't wear khaki shorts to run. I run about six or seven miles. I run quite a bit. Uh, and I, I, think, I think I would know, you know the logic in that situation. So, um, but let's not get off track here. So the, the Ahmad Arbery situation, you know, he supposedly uh, gotten, a lot, gotten in trouble with the law multiple times, been suspended from school multiple times, um, has made threats, uh, used weapons before. Um, but the media wants to paint him as this innocent person, like they always do in these situations, because that's what fits their narrative. That's what their sheep react to, and that's what, you know, that's where the whole inequality bullshit narrative, all this PC culture garbage came from. You know, look at people like Trayvon Martin. I mean, they painted him like a little saint, like a little choir boy. But in reality, he had the rap sheet and criminal sheet of a, of a damn, uh, and he was only 17, but it was a damn novel. 
I mean, it, you know, it, it bothers me. Look at another situation. Michael Brown, Ferguson. He attacked the guy in the gas station, and then he tried to attack a police officer. What do you expect going to happen? We've come to this whole culture and pathetic society where just because the color of your skin, you're automatically a victim. And we jump to conclusions without any sufficient evidence. We don't know what led up to this point. And why was the idiot trying to grab the gun? Why was he dodging the, the men? If you're going to grab somebody's gun, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? I don't think these guys should have been chasing him down the street. But at the same time, I don't know why they were chasing him. Did they catch him in the act of a burglary? I mean, there's more video out now showing that he was in that house on more than one occasion, uh, just like the, um, you know, just, just like the guys that shot him said. And don't forget, one of the guys that shot him, or I don't think, it, I think those sons shot him, actually, but the father who was involved used to work for the district attorney. So why would the father be so much of a dumbass to shoot uh, it, it, you know, in a, in a, in a situation, I mean, come on. I mean, there, obviously there was reasoning. There was some sort of, you know, valid, uh, explanation. You don't just go hunting in the middle of the day, um, you know, for this sort of, it, it just doesn't happen. I mean, the, the, I guess, you know, that less than 1% chance, but we, you know, the media, they saw this and they loved it. The mainstream media, they're like, Oh Yeah. We got something now. We can put this all over online. People are going to buy into it. And they twisted the entire damn thing. Don't forget, every time there's been stuff like this that has come out, it's pretty much always been redacted. It's always had to been edited or cleared up after the fact because more videos come out showing what really happened. Uh, so many examples, like I said earlier, you know, obviously another example, which is a different scenario, but uh, the Covington kid, and he just settled that lawsuit with CNN a couple months ago, but the first video they ever released, I think it was over a year ago when the incident happened, uh, was only showing the Indian, uh, the Indian side of, of, of the scenario instead of what really happened beforehand and what, how the, you know, the protester Indian guy was uh, going after the Covington kid. So, you know, you, you can't trust um, a lot of this. And, and there, it's being investigated. It's being looked at thoroughly in Georgia. And I will say this, and this is disgraceful, uh, they just arrested the guy today that took the video of it. So I don't know why they arrested him, because I'll tell you something. If he would have never taken that video, you would have never known about this. Do you think – I mean, there's no other witnesses that have came forward. There's nobody else that we know of that, it, that saw the incident. I mean, there's nobody else that was there. So how are you going to charge this guy? Unless, of course, say in the end, which I, I'm still, I'm 50-50 on this. I don't know if it was murder or I don't know if it was self-defense. And, and you know, this guy, uh, Arbery, has a, a bad criminal record, and he was not uh, a well-behaved kid at school. So, you know, you look at, well, the district attorney associate versus, a criminal, well, I, I, you know what? In a court of law, I, I think a lot of times we know where the favorability is going to go. But going back to this, the guy that filmed it, let's just say for some weird reason, this turns out to be an actual murder 
committed by the father and son. And, you know, this guy was behind it. You know, I would understand why they would charge him. But if he's just there gathering a video and footage so he can show the media or or show a scenario, really helps in a court of law. If anything, people should be thanking this man. Because as far as we know, he has nothing to do with the murder or anything that happened. He was just there, driving through, happened to be a passerby. All that happened. So I want to know more before I keep speculating and keep making more opinions and analyzing the whole thing. But it was awfully weird when I read that report today. It's really, a lot of this seems political. I mean, look at all these things happening during political season. It's just one thing after the other, whether it's voter fraud, whether it's shootings, whether it's corona, whether it's race baiting, whether it's impeachment, whether it's, you know, um, you name it. It just doesn't end. There's always a new fixation, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, the whole, oh my God, it's like, okay, um, I want to, I want to mention this, um, the Vatican, the Vatican, and, and I've said this from day one, and I'll say it again, this Pope Francis is the Antichrist, this guy sticks his nose in places that it doesn't belong, you know, he goes out so outside of his lane that it's, 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 it's absolutely vile. You can't, it, he, you know, wants to enable and encourage open borders, a hundred different genders, abortion, and his new stunt is he's getting in bed with China. Now he's, he's cozying and coddling to China. He, he's, He's sucking up to him, cozying up to him. This is what we have. We have a guy that's supposed to be leading the biggest religion in the entire world, Catholicism, which, you know, I, everybody knows I was born and raised Catholic. You know, nowadays I'm more, more of a Christian, but I'll, I'll go to church on, you know, I try to go every Sunday or, or on, you know, and definitely holidays. But, uh, but I, you know, I don't want to get too off topic here, but he's, he's supposed to be representing something, and he's not. He's representing not what, he, what he's paid to do, what his job to do is. I, I miss guys like John Paul II. You know, guys like John Paul II actually did their job, actually stayed out of politics, didn't butt themselves in with the New World Order and all these corrupt, shady governments. It needs to stop. I don't know how much longer uh, people are going to cover for this guy. And he's also uh, involved with so many different pedophiles. He's covering for all these sex abuse scandals with these children. And, you know, and he wants to talk about open borders, but he's got the size of a uh, – his wall is the size of a damn um, – I mean, think about it. That, that wall he has, he should not even talk the amount of security he has. Easy for him to say, freaking hypocrite. Okay, uh, I want to bring this up. So now multiple universities – and this is something that is, we have been wanting to talk about. Multiple universities are refusing to cooperate with federal investigations ties to China. So I talked about on my show last week many times over and over how there's been numerous professors, numerous faculty members higher up at these universities across the country taking money from China, whether it's to steal information, whether it's to, you know, give them 
certain advantages for their students, whether it's, you know, I, I mean, even political seats, even, you know, I mean, it's all sorts of different colleges. So censorship is a big one, but PC culture, what they're, what they're pushing there. You know, China, and, and, I, and I say China has influence over every single industry. They own pharmaceuticals. They own Wall Street. They own politicians. They own universities. Their money never, I mean, it's unlimited. It really is. And, and we have past politicians to blame for this. We have past politicians to blame for this. It's unacceptable, and it, you know what? It should never be tolerated. And you know what? They, they really, you can't, you know, they're very smart, very talented people but the most evil you can get. And even Trump, like Trump said, it's not their fault that we've had such stupid leaders in the past that have given them so many open, open routes and open doors and, and so much leeway and just so much uh, leniency. I mean, they haven't, you know, they've been walking on us like you wouldn't believe. And these professors who get all these foreign exchange students special favors and they get all these, you know, foreign third world ideologies that they indoctrinate into their students. Guys, I mean, this is, this is dangerous stuff. You've got universities that are refusing federal investigations because they know they're guilty to hell. But they're so protected. I mean, these universities like Harvard, Yale, it's, yeah. I mean, guys, how, nothing's going to happen to them. I, I don't think. I mean, we, we 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 have so much on our plate right now that the Justice Department has to has to deal with, and prosecutors have to deal with. It's just another 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 distraction. Um. So here's something really interesting. Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, came out of the woodwork, came out of the woods, has been uh, on the news a couple times lately, opening her big smelly mouth on Twitter. Bullshit. I mean, can you imagine living with that woman? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. She probably has terrible hygiene. Oh, God, just the way she... You have to be a, a wimpy, wimpy, wimpy man to be married. Uh, the way she bosses Bill around. And, I, you know, no wonder why Bill was always with all those different women. I mean, how the hell could you, you know, tolerate somebody? Ugh. I mean, she's – if Satan ever had a daughter, uh, it would be Hillary Clinton. I mean, they don't get any more evil. I mean, you know, Nancy Pelosi's up there, uh, but uh, Jesus. But anyways, uh, she just came out and raised $2 million for sleepy, creepy Joe Biden. So, uh, you know, at first she was one of, she was one of the last people um, to come out and endorse him. At first she wouldn't do it. So she was one of the last people. Uh, I think she was pretty bitter. Um, but I think what happened was, I, I think he's promising her something. She's going to have some sort of, um, authority in, in that, you know, administration. He'll never get elected, but if he did, um, and you know, she's so power hungry and you know, uh, her capabilities in terms of access have all diminished, uh, since Trump got in there. She doesn't have any clearances like she used to, you know, the, the, the old rooms that she once had, you know. Uh, that, that that she once could. I mean, it's it's those days are done. Unless you know, 
But think about this, over $2 million raising for, for Joe Biden, for his campaign. Um, and, you know, there's, it's bad with this guy. I mean, it's sad how he is experiencing major dementia, uh, probably early-stage Alzheimer's. <clears throat> he just had one of his staff members the other day dial a phone number for him on a cell phone because he couldn't do it himself. I mean, this guy is more de-shuffled de- uh, than some nursing home patients I've seen. Uh, this guy can't even remember uh, to form a complete sentence. He can't even count to four, and half the time doesn't even remember which state he's in. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, 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 what's going on, guys? What is uh, going on here? Um, the Trump administration, and this is huge, uh, has awarded contracts to ship drug manufacturing to the United States. They, Amen, I applaud this. I talked a little bit about this on my show the other night. Uh, we need everything done in the United States, especially when it comes to medical. Uh, we're going to keep the costs down because uh, obviously that's the main concern. Nobody wants to spend an arm and a leg on, on prescriptions and pharmaceuticals, which is why China has had such a uh, – has had the upper hand and the, the advantage for so long. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those, those days we have a leader who's taking care of business, and, uh, you know, you've you got to really admire and, you know, just worship everything uh, that he's doing to bring the USA, um, you know, back to the to the biggest number one hotspot it once was years ago. You know, um, China, uh, you know, they make so much money on pharmaceuticals, and this is really a slap in the face to them. So uh, I applaud this. And after what they put us through, you can't trust them. You can never trust these people, as far as I'm concerned, ever again, ever again. Um, so, you know, this whole race baiting culture, this whole insanity, this whole PC, uh, situation with these politicians, it's just out of control. It it never stops. I mean, whatever bill, whatever legislation they can put in place next to make people get offended by something, they'll do it. Uh, they want to cater uh, to the, the sensitive crowd, we've seen it. You know, people are just waiting for something else to, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we be, you know, complain about. We've come to a culture that people need a trophy for everything. Uh, people need to be these social justice warriors and, you know, fight battles that aren't theirs. And they need to think, they think that they're smart enough and, and you know, they're permitted and they're qualified to speak for other people. Uh, the latest stunt is disgusting and ridiculous. Kamala Harris is submitting a resolution uh, condemning the Wuhan virus as anti-Asian. How the hell is calling it the Wuhan virus anti-Asian? That's where it came from, didn't it? What the hell do we call Chinese food? We call it Chinese food because it comes from what, – what I meant to say was why do we call – Chinese food, Chinese food, because it comes from China. Why do we call Italian food Italian food? Because it comes from Italy. I mean, guys, enough is enough. Enough is enough. You know, this can only go so far. Even Democrats, certain Democrats are like, I mean, you've got to take away the cancel culture and the, you know, trying to silence and trying to be offended by all these different things. Jesus. Um, 
So I want I want to mention this, um, and I don't like this at all because Carl Rove is part in my in my strong opinion is part of the swamp, and I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Um, but you know he was a bu- he was a Bush a Bush, and I, I'm a Republican, but I think Bush made a lot of mistakes. I think Bush was a moron in certain areas, but I think he did you know some good things. But a, a majority of the things Bush did were a failure. I mean he's a globalist. He's no different in my opinion than Obama. Uh, they all, Bill Clinton, Bush, Obama, all best friends, all buddies. Um, and, and we're, you know, we, us Republicans obviously didn't know a lot of that back then, but as Trump has gotten in there and exposed these people, we realized the truth and we, re, and, you know, I'll get, you know, I want to get more into this, but um, Carl Rove, you know, just the fact that he was orchestrating the, you know, in some ways the Bush playbook and, you know, not really putting America first. I mean, it, the economy was good. I get it. You know, we had some some of the strongest numbers back then. But it also was not managed properly going into the long term. They they had all this short-term success, and I believe a lot of these people behind it, including the Republicans, knew that it was going to be a big collapse. And they, they knew, but they wanted to give the American people short-term satisfaction. And as, as, as negative as that may sound, you know, I, I, but anyways, Carl Rove is, is advising the Trump campaign. And I don't want these people. We're, we have Trump in there to get rid of these people. I don't want people like Carl Rove bringing their old strategies that are, you know, 20 years ago into something that we're trying to, you know, restructure, revamp. You know, don't, don't take us back, bro. And I don't know who's influ- you know, who made this decision, who's influencing this idea that Carl Rove brings value. Because don't ever forget, he, di- he predicted that Trump would not win the election. Uh, he's been very critical of Trump on many things. Uh, Carl Rove is a rhino. Carl Rove, it, it, you know, I, I don't, Jesus, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on with And some of, even some of the people in there right now, I question, I question the motive. I question the, the narrative. I wonder why they're in there. You, I mean, I know he's been cleaning house, getting rid of a lot of these globalists, a lot of these D.C. swamp rats, but, you know, we, we got to be more careful with vetting. We really do. Um, so here's something that's um, interesting, and we keep talking about, uh, you know, Grinnell and how much of a fantastic job he's done. He really has. I mean, this guy has done more in a couple of weeks than – pretty much all, all of those people combined uh, in that area, in that department. Um, and we just saw that Radcliffe was hired for that position. Um, I'm very happy that Grinnell declassified the Susan Rice email on January tw- in 2017, a White House meeting, uh, which is very disturbing. I know everybody has looked at that. Everybody has re- read that. Um, you know, and there's so many things that were malicious. Uh, actually, everything. They knew that Flynn did nothing wrong, but they still went after him regardless. He was an easy target for them. They even conducted, and the email says, no wrongdoing. And now, and now we're seeing, like, the House Democrats, for example, are trying to um, – they're trying to get more of the Mueller grand jury uh, material – 
but the Supreme Court blocked. I mean, House Democrats, uh, you know, we all know, like I said on the, the other night on my show, they plan, as long as they keep the House, they're planning to impeach Trump again in 2021. They just said it. Now they want more, and, and they're, they're going based on the Russia hoax. That's what they're going to try to get them on next. That, that's what they're doing. And that's what was announced, and now they're going to the Supreme Court trying to go get stuff that, you know, they don't need and that they're not, you know, a privy to. Uh, these people are not doing anything for their constituents. They are playing this game of, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's a game, though. There's nothing going to ever come out of this. How long did they tell us that Trump was going down? How long? For three years. And then they wasted $40 million of taxpayer money, and nothing happened. And, but you know what? The thought of it, though, the thought of, um, of Trump um, – uh, of Trump, you know, being removed turns them on. It gets them hard. It gets them high. That's what they like to hear. So they'll, they're like the definition of insanity. You know, they want to keep doing the same thing over and over, and they think a different. It's 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 insane. You know, it's like, oh my God, it's a broken record. It's a broken fucking. It's a record. It really is. Um. So the the Senate committee is now is now authorizing, and I think this is great. Uh, subpoenas into the Hunter Biden Burisma investigation. Because don't forget, those calls were released the other day, uh, Joe Biden and uh, the, the guy, and talking about the prosecutor being fired. Uh, people need to understand this really hurts Joe Biden's campaign. Uh, this is all, I, I don't know how they're allowed. If this was a Republican, he'd be, he'd be forced to drop out of the race. But you know what? We all know how the double standard and the hypocrisy works. We all know. You know, it, it, it really is uh, no surprise here. Uh, and, you know, Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden had the nerve to go after J- Don Jr., but, uh, you know, that backfired right away, um, you know, after he was has, is reminded of what his son is doing. I mean, you're going to talk about Don Jr. when Don Jr. is a good kid who has done everything right his whole life, uh, and your, your own son – Hunter is a is a complete complete jackoff. I mean, these Democrats they'll just they'll just talk the talk. They don't even think about what they're about to say. And there's there's probably a valid reason why Joe Biden's campaign staff has tried to keep him off TV as much as possible. They're worried he's going to keep saying dumb shit. Um, yeah, I, I you know I I just can't believe it. I mean, they they expect this guy to drag them across the finish line. Really? We live in an alternate universe, guys. Um, And we all know this corona thing is really uh, not about – it's not about, you know, getting to the bottom of it for these left-wing politicians. It's about putting their agenda forth while everybody else is so focused and scared. And speaking of that, uh, Michigan has now uh, done – it's followed California's lead and is doing the whole absentee ballot applications to voters uh, for this November election. And President Trump has uh, threatened to uh, punish them for doing this. And that Whitmore, that crazy governor there, uh, you know, she needs, she needs to face the music. This woman is a, a smelly feminist whack job who doesn't have a goddamn clue about governing, governing. 
or or running a running a a political uh, you know administration. I mean, this is a joke. Where do they get these people? You could go to Walmart. You could go to you could go to anywhere. You can go to any parking lot. You can go anywhere and find somebody that could that could do a better job than these people. Go get somebody at Burger King that's flipping burgers. They could do a better job than this governor. I mean, I'm not like you said. What 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 are the qualifications? What are the qualifications to be in office? That's what we need to ask ourselves. Because you know what? It really looks like there's a lot of dumbass people that are voting these idiots in. The, I can't even believe some of the people that get elected. AOC, Omar, uh, um, who else? Talib. Jesus, good Lord. Um, but, you know, here's something really disturbing. In voter fraud, like I've said many times, it goes into dead people voting. It goes into illegals voting. It goes into felons voting. It goes into as many routes as they can create for voter fraud, they will. And now there was a report out today that over 30, at least, no, actually not over, at least 30,000 mail-in counted after mail-in ballots were counted after Election Day in Wisconsin. So you have, after Election Day, 30,000 ballots counted, and they counted in the – this is the kind of voter fraud we're dealing with. And you have – I can't even believe that. That could be a huge deciding factor in, in an election, as we've seen. Many red places go blue for no real, for no real reason. I mean, really, I, I, like Orange County went blue for the first time ever. Orange County, California, one of the very few places in California that is extremely Republican. And that place went blue. And then, then there was voter fraud that came out after the fact that said, uh, that, 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 that said it should have still been red and the Democrats cheated. Insane. I mean, it's going on all over the country. And gerrymandering, you name it, it's happening. Um, two two more things, and then we're going to get to the um, the main uh, the, everybody on the panel. Uh, so here's something that's really disturbing. So Nancy Pelosi, I mean, she's so sloppy, she's so smelly, she's so disgusting and vile. Can you imagine going to bed with that every night? Can you imagine? I mean, her slurring her words, not even being able to barely walk. You know, just that look on her face, like it's like a mummy. It looks like she's got tire world. Uh, you know, and you know she bosses her husband around. That husband of hers is probably terrified, uh, you know, and her husband probably – I'm not going to – okay, I won't, I, won't, I won't get into, you know, vulgarity here. But, uh, you, know, it, you know, and she's got – oh, God, and her daughters are just some of the most uh, just horrible people, a horrible family. We all know where her father came from. Her father was the uh, mayor of Baltimore back in the, I believe it was the 60s or 70s, and he was involved with the mob. He was involved with all crooked crimes. You can look him up. Um, this family has been involved, involved with politics their entire life. Her brother uh, was heavily involved for a long time. Maybe he still is. Uh, so, you know, this goes back far, far, far. But anyway, you know, her rhetoric is just out of control, and we all know she's trying to pass bills that do nothing for the working-class citizens. She just tried to call Trump morally obese the other night. Uh, I think she needs to take a look, good look at her party. Uh, what about Stacey Abrams? 
Uh, I could make so many jokes about her right now about being morally obese. I mean, look, looks like a damn extra from uh, so many different mov- movies with uh, some of the most ugliest creatures you'd ever even lay your eyes on. Or we can talk about Jerry Nadler, who wears his pants up to his damn stomach. Or, I mean, do, do we need to go on and on? You know, because if a Republican would have talked about somebody's weight in the Democratic Party, they would have been called every hateful name in the entire book. They would, you know, it's, you know, here we go again. They get away with saying whatever they want. Nothing happens to them. But, I like, you know, it's funny. Hey, hey Nancy, you know, you <laughs> – I, I think I have to leave this one alone. I, I really do. You know, that this <laughs> – these people are just a, on a whole different level of just absurdity. They really, really are. And, and now Andrew Cuomo, and I'm seeing this. This is the last thing I want to mention before we get to everybody on the panel. But Andrew Cuomo is blaming, and we all know he's trying to avoid this nursing home scandal, and so are so many other governors, blaming Trump. How the hell are you going to blame Trump? That's like blaming somebody for you deciding to jump off a bridge. <laughs> what, what the hell are going – I mean, it's so easy to, to, you know, not take accountability. I get it. But good Lord, I mean, you, that you can't help but to wonder who influenced this decision on Cuomo to put these people in the most corona-infected elderly patients with other vulnerable already elderly sick people. I, it's just, it's dark money. It's all politics. There's no way that anybody with a heart and with a logical state of mind would, would make such a move. There's even bipartisan people saying, why the hell would you do something like this? So Cuomo and these other people, something is going on here. There's more to this story. And Cuomo's on there with his Fredo brother, with his pussy-ass brother to Last night on CNN, laughing, having a good time, making jokes, while other people have just lost their families in these nursing homes. Are you absolutely kidding me? Scum, scum, scum. This stuff pisses me off. And then there, you know, we've got so many problems in the world. We've got so many problems in the world. Then I see today that the Michigan attorney general is telling Trump he can never come back to Michigan because he didn't wear a mask. Didn't wear a mask. I mean, we, you know what? The president of the United States is going to win Michigan in a landslide, especially after what that governor there and and those people have put them through. We all know Michigan's, um, I believe it's either, I don't know, somebody will have to correct me on this. It's either their Senate or their House or maybe even both. That is majority Republican. So even, even you know, I pray for the people of Michigan. I just had a big flood today, too, so I'm praying to God all those people in those towns are okay. But, um, but yeah, I, I, God, guys, we're going we're gonna to win Michigan again in 2020. There's no doubt about it. Um, I want to go to U.S. congressional candidate Josh Barnett, first of all. Uh, go ahead, buddy, your thoughts. Hey, thank you, Rory. <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I, I always quote Benjamin Franklin, I, you know, they who can give up potential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And I just always, I've been harping that for the last two months, as you know, and I say it every time, every day, I probably post it almost every day. 
because the people need to understand, you know, that's such an important quote. But also the other quote by Benjamin I always I always use that people kind of forget is it's the first responsibility of every citizen to question authority, you know, and there's nothing wrong with questioning authority, even though the Democrats shove it down our throats that we're supposed to listen to everything they say. But, you know, people like me and you and other people on this line, I'm sure, aren't, aren't those types of people. You know, and, um, and what bothers me the most is that they're still getting paid. They're still getting paid while they tell everybody else to stay home. That's what makes me, the, oh, yeah. I mean, they, they should go without pay during this whole thing, and then let's see let's see how they change their tune. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I think government, if, if, we, if we're locked down like this ever again, uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but if we ever would be, or if um, they pulled the stuff they did back in December, they shouldn't get paid, period. You're not doing anything. You know, and I, I, you know, I, I think that would change things pretty quick as well. But, you know, what was funny today, too, as you brought up earlier, like I agree with President Trump that the media – should go up with SpaceX and just stay there for a while. <laughs> you know, they should just hang out in space for a while so we don't have to hear from them. But, um, oh, that was one of the funniest great. things. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny, you know. Then he's like, you know, he, he, he took the mask off in Michigan because he didn't want to give the fake news, like, any satisfaction of, of seeing him wear one, you know. So he took it off, you know. That was great. Um, I, lo- I love how he attacked it, Josh, Josh, let's see. Another, another media lie is that they try to say, oh, well, the mask, there's all this great, amazing stuff for, for the people, and it protects you from the virus. Uh, no, it doesn't. There, is, there have actually been scenarios and studies where they say it can make it worse because it, it has germs all over it, and, you know, it can mm-hmm. come onto your skin or get on your clothes. There's so many different things that, it, I mean, it, it's, it's so misleading. Oh, you're, yeah, you're exactly. I have, actually have a, um, a website. I actually know a study by a smaller university that has a compilation of studies uh, about masks and, and why they basically why they suck, you know, why they don't work. And I copy and paste right. it on Twitter all the time, um, especially a lot of these local, like Fox thing. 10 Phoenix. It's a power thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I constantly, AZ Central, Fox 10 Phoenix, I'm constantly just copy, paste, copy, paste, because they, they just keep, they keep the lie up, you know what I mean? And if people like wear a mask, I, I you know, I, I'll never wear a mask, you know, and it's just never going to happen because they don't work. I'm not going to wear one. And, um, you know, you had a. You know, I one thing I would love to see, and I agree with you with 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 Trump in regards to draining the swamp, and and I would love to see more private sector outside outsiders join the administration instead of like, you know, like you said, Carl Rove and these people like that. You know, I think he needs to bring more of the private sector people in because that's truly going to drain the swamp when you do that. If you're just giving somebody kind of a, an upgraded position from within the bureaucracy of of, of Washington D.C. To me, you're not doing anything different unless you get lucky with somebody, you know. And and I think and I think today, you know, with Ratcliffe uh, being approved by the Senate, um, I, I think Ratcliffe's gonna gonna kill it. I think he's gonna kill it for us. I think he's gonna do an amazing job and do what's right and expose the left like they've never been exposed before. But Richard Grinnell is like a true hero right now of this country and of of, uh, of, of freedom. And I just, I just pray that, that Ratcliffe continues this and continues declassing everything, which I think he's going to. I really do. I really believe in that guy. I think he's the right person. Um, there was one thing, too, uh, Andy Biggs here, uh, you know, great, great Republican here in Arizona. Um, he's the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, as most people know. But um, uh, I think it was Tuesday he introduced the Buzz Off Act, 
and and I was I was wondering this before, like why we're we letting these drones survey our country that are made in China. It's like what the hell are you th- people thinking? So he actually put this bill through or put a bill up called the Buzz Off Act to stop federal law enforcement agencies from using drones to survey and target Americans. Which one they violate our constitutional rights, but a lot of these drones are made in China, you know. So it's like it's like a double a double dip here, like of stupidity, you know. One. You're, you're violating constitutional rights, and then, and then we see the, the drones are made in China, which is just ridiculous to me. Actually, we were at the, one, of our, one of our many protests. And, years, and by the way, and I just want to speak on that drones. real quick. I want to say one yeah. thing about the China drones. You can't help but to wonder how much are these politicians, especially these governors that are getting provided with the drones, how much are they getting paid by China? Because nobody in their right state of mind would use Chinese drones after what we just went through, knowing how they steal our data, how they steal our memory, how they, you know, I mean, there's so many things they can do with those drones, and it's crazy. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Yo, you're, you're, you're exactly right. I, I couldn't agree more. Like I said, I saw the police had the drones at our rallies and protests that we had at the Capitol, and, you know, and, and I kept thinking, you know, uh, Patrick Howley put out a list of, of governors that are favor looked favorably upon by the Chinese and he was like in one of the one of the groups that the Chinese he's Chinese friendly is what they was what they called him and I thought that was rather disturbing to see, you know, our Republican governor that's Chinese friendly, um, or labeled Chinese friendly. But um, you know, it, the one thing too with the with the elections coming up, you know, I, I've been harping this for years. I believe that national voter ID is a necessity and must be made mandatory for this election. Uh, they're they're doing everything they can to try to steal this election with all this mail-in balloting and, and mandatory mail-in balloting, and we need national voter ID. At least it's something we can combat this issue with. You know, uh, the great thing today is Trump said we're never going to shut down again. They said a second wave comes, I'm not shutting down, which was music to my ears. Because and I, and I you know what I heard? Anyway. And, Josh, yeah. you know what I heard on Tucker tonight? Speaking of the whole shutting down thing, Tucker, uh, you know, compared like uh, certain uh, reports and certain studies, we, we would have lost the same amount of people or even less if, even, if we, even if we didn't shut down. Like it really didn't make a damn difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I've, I've seen those studies as well. And you can look, you know, what I feel Governor Nome in South Dakota did, did exactly, exactly what every governor should have done. She left her state open. She relied on the people to be smart enough to social distance, wash your hands, you know, you know, do it the smart way. When they had an issue, she went in. The meatpacking uh, plant, I believe, had an issue. They went in. They shut it down for a while. They brought them back. You know, um, their, their death rate in comparison to anywhere else population-wise is lower or less than anybody that was closed. And, and that's how it should have been. And she did it the constitutional right way and relied on the people to do the right thing. And, and America will do the right thing if you, if you allow them to, you know. Um, one thing today, too, that I thought was very important is Trump pulled us out of the Open Skies Treaty, which was great news uh, for people that don't know what that is. Uh, basically, um, it allowed, uh, I think it's 35, 36 countries had a pact that we could use drones, non-military drones, to survey over other countries, which I think is just, again, absolutely stupid to allow any other country to survey our country in any way, shape, or form. So it was great to see us pull out of that. Um, and also, you know, warn China um, against the oppressing the people of Hong Kong, you know. And, um, I mean, how much more are we going to take from China between this, the Wuhan Research Lab uh, unleashing hell on the world, 
and then having yeah. them do what they're doing to the people of Hong Kong. You know, it's time for us um, as, a, as a world, <laughs> you know, to stand up and tell China this is not going to happen anymore. And I'm really glad we're at a point, you know, this, it's been World War III um, for a long time now with China, to be honest with you, between the opioid, you know, the, the amount of heroin and fentanyl coming into our southern border, that fentanyl comes directly from China. We know this. They know this. They continue to let it happen, and tens of thousands of people die every year from it. And this, this war with China has been going on. They've been, they've been killing our people and Americans without firing a shot. And, and they've been doing it other ways, and it's, it's time to really put, you know, clamp down on them. Um, you know, the one thing, too, I was, I was concerned with is, um, you know, you have, I, I guess, I, I keep telling people it's not our government's job to keep us safe. You know, it's your job to keep yourself and your family safe. And, and, and the government, they can give guidelines uh, to be safe and healthy, but they cannot and they should never mandate it. And, you know, you look at the Declaration of Independence, you have the, you know, right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and not to have the government tell you, you know, how to live your life or to be like a subsequent parent to you after the age of 18. And, and that's one thing I keep, shoving, I keep letting people know, listen, it's up to us as individuals and as a community to keep ourselves safe. We don't need the government to tell us what to do. And, and you know, and, and you read also one of my favorite quotes, is that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles as organizing its powers in such form. And that's telling us that what we've been trying to fight our governor on here and, and across the country, and it's time for us to go back to what the Constitution stands for, go back to what it is, and that's what our government's founded on. It's not founded on anything else, and the more we stray from the Constitution, the more problems we have. And as I've told you guys before, and I told you, Rory, I really believe if we go back to what the Constitution is and follow it, it'll eliminate 90% of our problems. And, you know, that's, that's uh, basically all I really had other, outside of I heard Judge Sullivan today has 10 days to decide on Michael Flynn, um, and, I, you know, he should be exonerated immediately. And I just really hope that situation gets resolved. That poor man, they put they put him through hell and back, and um, and, and it's just disgusting what has happened to that guy uh, with what the FBI did to him. And um, I just pray that Judge Sullivan does the right thing and does what the DOJ requested and exonerates him, and and we move on from that situation. But these people need to go down, and I and I really pray that Durham, Barr, and Durham do the right thing and put these people in cuffs for this coup attempt on our president and, um, and what they've done to our country and put us through is absolutely, it's beyond words to even explain um, what has happened, you know, and um, without them, without these people in cuffs, these Comey, McKay, Brennan, Clapper, all these people, uh, Lynch, Yates, if these people don't go down, it's only going to get worse. You know, we've lost, we've lost our country. I really believe that we've lost our country at that point. And um, I, I think a lot of people out there feel the same way. <laughs> Amen. No, I agree. I agree. And, you know, speaking of this disaster, uh, I, I forgot to report or I forgot to report earlier. And uh, this was something really big that I wanted to discuss with everybody was uh, coronavirus uh, is now forcing China to lock down over 100 million people. So remember when we heard from China, what was it, a couple of weeks ago or last month that they didn't have any new cases? Now they're locking down 100 million people because of corona. What the hell is going on? 
and the seat and the the woo the World Health Organization covers for these scumbags. Can you believe this crap? Yeah, it's unbelievable, and that that was a great decision, and I and I hope we stay out of it, of of pulling out of the WHO. Um, I I don't you know me I don't I don't believe in this any of these globalist um, organizations that we've been involved in, and um, us pulling out of there is a great move by the president. I hope that we remain out. If anything, we start our own, and we we get our our own allies with us involved. Outside of that, I don't see any need for us to be involved with that with that organization any longer. No, I agree. I agree, what one hundred percent. And you know, it's it really is. And the fact that they've been so dishonest with us, I mean, they they've been they really have been nothing but dishonest. I mean, every second. I mean, we could have saved so many different lives. Yeah, China. You know? China. I mean, they keep saying China lied, people died, but it's it's even deeper than that because the WHO and and Tedros literally covered and lied for them as well, you know, and, and you're talking about us in America spending $450 million a year on the WHO and China gives like 40, 43 million, you know, and, and they're taking China's side on this situation when the evidence is overwhelming showing that they lied, they lied about human to human, uh, um, you know, being passed on, you know, human to human. And, and they lied about it was at the wet market you know, we, we we know that it's at the Wuhan Research Center. Um, you know, they won't, they still won't let our people go in there and really investigate, you know, which shows me, again, that they're lying. I, I, I still feel it's man-made. We'll see if I'm wrong. We'll see if I'm wrong. But I still feel it was man-made, and um, and we'll see. We'll see if I'm wrong. But we do know it came from the Wuhan Research Center for sure, whether it's man-made or not. But I'm willing to bet that it was, and that's why they're trying to cover so hard for us right now. No, I I I hear you. No, I agree. I agree. Very very well said, um, Josh. Uh, stay with us. A lot to get into. Um, do you have any other thoughts? No, that's it. That's it. Really, you know. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna mention to you real quick because this is kind of cool, man. I had I have a friend of mine. His name is David McPherson. He uh, connections um, in the movie business, and there's a movie called Roe v. Wade that will be coming out. And I actually watched it this weekend, an early, I guess, release of it to myself, <laughs> you know. And um, um, I'm going to put my campaign behind it, and we're actually going to be hosting a premiere um, here in Phoenix on it. It has John Voight in it, um, Stacey Dash, um, William Forsyth, uh, let's see who else, uh, Tommy Lauren. It has some different contestants uh, in it as well. Um, uh, Jamie Kennedy, which you wouldn't even recognize in the movie. Because I keep thinking of Malibu is most wanted, <laughs> and right, he looks nothing right. like that movie. You know, it's a serious movie. It's got a lot. Of, it's got a lot of actors in it that you would recognize. And um, it's a, like I said, it's a serious drama about the real life story of what happened to Roe v. Wade and 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 how abortion became legal. And um, you know, it's it's an interesting story and it's it's very um, informative. And I I really can't wait for people to see it to see what really happened and how and how we got to this point, you know, and, um, and, you know, you walk away with a different outlook, I think, uh, for a lot of people that, that would watch this movie, but I'm, I'm very excited to be able to bring it to Phoenix. And, um, and, um, also the executive producer of the movie is Alveda King, which is Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece. Um, she was involved as well. So it could be, it could be, a, um, um, 
a cool thing that we're going to do uh, coming up here within the next month or so. And then there'll be releases on the movie around the country, um, about 25,000 different areas around the country. Actually, they're going to be dropping it. So, um, so I just wanted wow. to kind of let you know about that. And um, I, I think that people are going to hopefully change minds and change some hearts, you know, going into the election and paying attention to who they vote for from a pro-life standpoint. Amen. Amen. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. When is this showing? When is it going to happen? Um, you know, we're still up. We're still up in the air on. I'm going to let it, David. He's handled. He actually got the rights to the movie. Um, and um, I'm going to meet with him tomorrow, Saturday, and uh, they're going to do like a little viewing, I guess, amongst friends type of thing. And we're going to try to hammer out the details of everything. So I should have more details here soon. And um, <clears throat> if you're interested, you're more than welcome to come if you want to come watch it. Uh, you know, but um, I'll let you know. But uh, we definitely, uh, we definitely need to let the masses know about this because I, when I watched it, it definitely you walk you walk away with a bad taste in your mouth about what happened, and um, and the the true background and story of what happened. And um, you know, the one thing that I learned <clears throat> that stood out the most to me was two of the Supreme Court justices actually had a wife. One had a wife, and one had a daughter that worked for Planned Parenthood. So they were heavily influenced, and they never recused themselves, and that's pretty disturbing to to hear that, you know, and um, yeah, and 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 show the direction that that abortion's gone, you know, since then, you know, up to this point where I think it's thirty nine babies an hour are aborted, and um, that's a that's a significant number, and it's you know depressing almost to to hear it and to actually think about what that really means, you know, and um, but. But I'll, I'll let you know, Rory. I'd definitely love for you to come and watch it with us, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, and tell everybody where they can um, connect with you and, and on social media, get involved with your campaign. Sure, yeah, you can connect with me on barnettforaz.com. Uh, feel free to uh, email me directly from there. I'm also on my Barnett for AZ on Twitter and Instagram. And Josh, Bar- <coughs> Excuse me, Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. And uh, feel free to reach out and um, and let me know let me know your thoughts. I'll keep other information updated as well with the movie on the website as well. Perfect. Always, always a pleasure, Josh. Stay with us. A lot more to get into. Big show tonight. Will do. Thank you, Rory. All righty. Um, I want to I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. First time on the show. I'm really excited to have him here. Our real estate mogul and popular commentator, David Zier. David, how are you? Hey, what's going on there? God, doing well, my friend. Oh, I'm happy to have you here. First time on the show. Uh, Big honor. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, So I am in business in New York. I'm a commercial real estate broker for 32 years. Uh, I run construction in the New York area. Um, um, I've been in business a long time, but I also have political background. I've been involved in races since I'm 15 years old. Um, I'm also in the White House press pool with America's Voice News, and I host a show called Breaking Point that airs on Dish Network on Saturdays. Um, we're we're uh, in a crisis here, Rory. We're in a really, really bad shape in New York. A time like never seen before, my friend. It's absolutely insane. Um, you know, Tucker's monologue tonight, I didn't hear all of it, but it was brilliant. Uh, we're in dire straits. You know, there's 27,000 restaurants in New York City, and I'm in Nassau, Suffolk, outside of New York City, 
and the two counties of Long Island comprise of the 30th largest economy roughly on the planet. We do 80 billion in trade. And just a restaurant industry here on Long Island, which is a big tourism area, we have the Hamptons. Um, we have 4,000 restaurants that are out of business. Um, we have 110,000 workers in them out of business. Jesus. So, I mean, what? And it's only going to get worse. I mean, New York is not in any rush to open. I mean, Governor Cuomo is terrible. De Blasio is a disgrace. I mean, these people don't have their priorities straight, and they're using this for political gain. They don't care about the well, people. Well, we have uh, $7 billion is going to be lost just in the restaurant industry this year on Long Island, maybe, when you add up all the distributors. But worse than that, there's a double standard in the policy. You can have 500 people inside Walmart, but you can't have a small pizza shop open, you know. And then I'm in construction, right? So if you're an affordable housing builder or build senior housing, you can have 200 guys on a job site. But if you're a private builder and you don't take money from the government or you don't subsidize your job or you don't build affordable or senior housing, you're not allowed to have more than one guy per job site. So if you're building an 8,000-foot in the Hamptons, you can't have more than one guy on your job site. If you're building a 5,000-foot bank somewhere, you can't have more than one guy. The, the, the policies are so hypocritical and disastrous. Um, I'm afraid that we don't come back from this. I am, I am putting out the clarion call to Donald Trump to come override Mario, uh, Andrew Cuomo, you know, Mario's horse, um, you know, the former governor, uh, Andrew Cuomo's father. Um, you know, and how come Chris Cuomo isn't asking Andrew Cuomo tough questions on the yeah, air? Yeah, why, like, are, they dicking, why are they dicking around with each other on TV laughing, like finding everything to be a joke? That's what I saw disturbing last night. I couldn't believe that. So New York had uh, 4,500 or so deaths in nursing homes. Um, Matt, Andrew Cuomo, while 4,000 beds sat empty in New York City on the Comfort and the Javits Center, he sent these people... Yeah who are infected with COVID back to the nursing home. So that's like 5,000 of the deaths. On the world domina, they're saying 28,000 died in New York. The real number is 22,000. So if you take away the senior deaths that are necessary in the homes, and then they're lying probably about a third of the deaths in the city. You know, they're misclassifying. Project Veritas did an incredible undercover expose uh, with Long Island funeral home directors. Uh, they're telling uh, Project Veritas that, Everybody's being labeled as a COVID death. A woman had her uh, sister's body autopsied, and it turns out she did not die from the COVID. Um, so there's a lot of games being played. And Cuomo's shaking down the president for $60 billion here. Um, but this is an SOS, uh, Rory, where I'm very concerned for my family and our futures here. Um, our civil liberties are gone. Our constitutional rights are gone. And these 35,000 contract tracers that, that that little scummy guy, Mike Bloomberg, is running are completely going to invade our privacy, and we're going to be dragged out of our homes in cuffs if we don't cooperate. And we're really upset, and uh, we don't know what to do. You know, I went to the Soviet when I was 16. There were no food on the ship. You're cutting out a little bit. Cutting so out a little bit. We're in trouble. Yes, I am. I'm sorry. Better now. Much oh, better. Fine. So we're in trouble, Rory. This is the, this is the call. The call is going out for help. I, I spoke to Congressman Zeldin the other day um, on Long Island here. 
Um, you know, I, I helped run a protest a couple of weeks ago. Trump retweeted it. Uh, we got 20 million views because Trump was, you know, relishing in the fact that these people were challenging the media and calling them out for being liberal and left-wing bias. And they chased the reporter away. Some people were overly aggressive, maybe. Uh, but, you know, it was two out of a thousand people. And News 12, which is a regional news media, you know, uh, empire here in the tri-state area, um, they, they made it like this reporter was under attack and, you know, his life was in danger. And, you know, these people are mad, though. These people are mad. They're losing everything. They're losing everything. And then we won't be back to school in September? What are these people smoking crack? This is crazy. These kids need to build up their immunities. How do you work if you're a single working parent household or a two working parent household? How do you go back to work? Right. And, and so look at look at look at how expensive New York are, already is. I mean, and, and and these people are losing their jobs. And I mean, middle class uh, is is leaving New York like crazy. And it's either the very rich or the very poor. I mean, you know, that's pretty much what the Democrats want, too. I mean, the Democrats don't care about the middle class. And, and I'm seeing just all of this misery. And, and just with the death toll in New York City, uh, you, there's, like, body bags. And um, it's really, really sad. And Andrew Cuomo is trying to blame Trump. And then they want all these bailouts. And we all know they don't use that money for the right reasons. It's such a mess. Well, it's a serious situation also because, you know, he wants to lock us down for another month almost, but it's worse than that yeah. because a restaurant is going to be limited to 25% capacity. So most restaurateurs in New York and the New York area will not reopen after the lockdown because it doesn't pay even for their gas and electric to only have 25% right. occupancy. Right. And there were... And there were only 100 deaths in the five boroughs out of eight and a half million people yesterday. And we know some of them are being misclassified. And 90% of those deaths had comorbidities and elderly. If you're elderly and you're sick, wear a mask and stay home. Everybody else has to get to work. Long Island has 2.7 million people. The only deaths. Cutting out again. You're cutting out again. You there? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. My my phone, uh, can, let me get in a better area cut. here. Better. Yeah, better now. Is that better, Rory? Yeah, better now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just saying that, um, <clears throat> you know, the, these businesses uh, are not going to recover. And these restaurants, it doesn't even pay to open the doors with 25% capacity. And Long Island only had 25 deaths out of 2.7 million people today. And the whole economy is shut down. Yeah, I know. It, it's absolutely mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. You know, it's, uh, and we've dealt with much worse in life, and we never shut the economy down. You know, that, that's, that's the sad part. You know, we've gone through AIDS. We've gone through swine flu. We've gone through Ebola. We've gone through, you know, even the flu every year kills way more people. People die. More people die of starvation every year, pandemic. More people are going to die from suicide and depression and mental health than they were from this right. coronavirus. I mean, you're, they're doing such a disservice to the American people, taking them out of their everyday routine, taking them out of their livelihood, taking them out of their structure, 
I mean, it's, you know, we're having, look at everything that's going on. Uh, divorces are at an all-time high. Suicides are at an all-time high. Drug use is at an all-time high. It, it goes on and on. I mean, these people are losing their minds. And you know what? It, we can only take so much. And what I'm seeing more and more of, and I think more people need to take action, is just open up shop. Because for, it, we can, people can only take the bullshit for so long until they snap and, and until they say, well, I can't keep, you know, until they can't do it anymore and they have to provide for their family. You know what I mean? Well, Long Island and New York already lost 67,000 people last year just to Florida alone. And I sat before the yeah. Suffolk County legislature here, and I begged them to change their regulations and their policies and lower our fees and lower our taxes. And they laughed. Uh, like this day was never going to come where there's right. going to be shortfalls and budget shortfalls. Well, right. now it's here. Yeah. And here, here's my advice. If I were these residents in these areas run by these radical left-wing hot governors, you know what I would do? I would tell these residents, open up your business because you know what? In the Supreme Court, in court, I think you're probably going to win because if you don't win, then, then the court is not following the Constitution. But usually the judges follow the Constitution, and we're seeing numerous uh, cases where the judges right. are siding with business owners. You know what I mean? I've seen reports out the last couple of weeks especially with that barber in uh, Michigan, the one that Whitmore tried to shut down, and the judge sided with him. Yeah, and in New York, there's a class action suit with a law firm out of Buffalo challenging the constitutionality of the lockdown, and we're hoping to participate. Um, but, you know, here, here in New York, there were only 51 new hospital admissions yesterday out of 8.5 million exactly. people in the five boroughs exactly. in New York City. And, and what I keep saying, Dave, is that, it's obviously very clear in a lot of these states run by Democrats that it's strongly in decline with uh, patients having COVID, but they still don't want to open back up. Obviously, it's purely no, political. And, and there's, no other, there's no other thing it could be. They want to keep this, uh, you know, obviously as shut off, shut down, uh, and locked as long as possible to affect Trump. They, want, they don't want to make Trump look good. There's no doubt in my mind that that's the case, and, um, you know, there, there's just no doubt in my mind that that's exactly what they're doing here. And now they're warning of a second wave already, three months from now. You know, this is like such BS. And New York got hit hard, and we were willing to stay home to flatten the curve. But now it's 70 days, 90 days. It's over. we got to get back. This is it. And, and a lot of businesses are going to do it anyway. But you know what they're doing? They're going to take away your health department license. They're going to cut your water. Now they're saying in the gym in New Jersey that opened, they may have stuck their waste system with paper towels and sabotaged the guy. They don't use paper towels in his gym. And there was all these paper yeah. towels in the sewer system today. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I love talking to you. Um, and I was just reading – the top eight states for corona deaths are blue states, and they account for 70% of all COVID deaths nationwide. So think about this. 70% of all COVID-19 deaths are, are pretty much Democrats' responsibility. I mean, these are states run by incompetent leaders. Uh, we see all the Republican states back open, for the most part, doing great, doing fine. Yeah, and there, was, uh, there were 42 states today, I believe, with under 30 deaths or thereabout, um, you know, so 
Um, and listen, we can't blame all the deaths in New York State on the left, but they've made it much course, worse. And 75,000 so. people, uh, opioid deaths are up 50%. They're up 50% yeah. here. 75,000 more suicides yeah. are expected in the United right. States. That, so it, it's, it's uh, really terrible. But it's more, it's more uh, frustrating that the policies are contradictory. You know, if you're a big union yeah. guy or if you're an affordable housing guy, you get favoritism. And then everybody else, you know, who, who are the majority of the building industry are in, in New York and the Long Island um, are just out in the cold, can't feed their families. And this is the, a dirty little secret here, Rory. And this is really yeah. important. Long Island has one third of its workforce out of a million 40,000 in the workforce. Uh, one third, 300,000 people work for the local, state or federal government. So, you know, these people are getting paid. And the, and the teachers and the cops and everything and everybody, you know, they got stimulus on top of their pay. So, you know, it doesn't hurt them at all. And they got a raise by getting stimulus and money for their children. So I'm not knocking them. But, you know, people here are like criticizing me and nurses and healthcare workers. You don't care. You don't care. All these people are getting paid, you know, and we're the silent minority. We don't have the ability to be the silent majority in this groundswell because there's not enough of the business owners who employ these seven or 800,000 Long Islanders, you know, in addition of the private sector workforce that need to feed their families. You know, we're not being represented. Right. And where are all the state representatives and the state assemblymen and the state Senate? You know, I left the Republican Party three years. I've worked on 100 races, and I've been paid campaign staff and Republican events. I left the Republican Party three years ago to vote for Donald Trump as a conservative because my state Senate Republican delegation on Long Island voted for the SAFE Act, which limits seven bullets in my magazine, and they voted to, uh, for the minimum wage hikes, which decimated yeah. small businesses. They don't represent me they, anymore, and I'm really no upset. No, I hear you. No, absolutely, David. David, I love talking to you. I want to get you back on here very soon. Let's make you a regular. Um, I could talk okay. to you all day. I, I do got to get to my next guest, though, but tell everybody Good. where they can find your show, get involved with you, all that stuff. Yeah, so uh, I'm with America's Voice News out of Denver. I have a show, uh, Breaking Point, Saturdays at 12 and 5 p.m. on Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 247, and on News. Um So, you know, we're, we're doing that. We're, we're, we're on a mission just like you are. And uh, I'm really grateful that you gave me the opportunity to vent tonight. Oh, well, I love it. I love having you here and stick around if you want to. Um, and uh, let's definitely get you back as a regular uh, on a weekly basis. All right. Super Rory. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, my battery might die on my phone, but I'm going to stick around as long as I can here. All righty, man. God bless. Well, thank you. You too. Uh, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. Um, we have a CEO, the CEO of Engineered Tax Services and financial expert Julio Gonzalez. Julio, how are you, my friend? Hey, great, great. How are you? Doing very well. Great to have you here. Uh, you know, obviously, you have quite the resume. You lived uh, one hell of a life. Uh, I'm your first time on. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, thanks. It's great to be on. You know, we uh, work on doing tax credits that keep Americans employed and keep jobs here in the USA. And we're a resource to the countries nationwide to really help them bring jobs to the United States. I love it. I love it. And, you know, 
this is what your company is one of the biggest, if not the biggest tax service company in America, correct? We're the biggest when it comes to job credits that keep people employed here or bring jobs to the United States. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Julio, so you, you talked about a plan uh, about recovery when after this whole Corona thing um, is, is over. What, what are the steps? Because I know you kind of really laid it out and pinpointed it perfectly and put it into awesome perspective. Um, tell us about that, though. Sure. Yeah. You know, we have the HEROES Act that just came out of the House right now. We got to uh, really shoot that down in the Senate. We can't continue to pay people to stay home. We got to give companies tax credits and, you know, applications to bring people back to jobs and bring them back to work. And that's really the big key is to help with payroll tax holidays like the president promotes, make sure that. We're giving incentives for people to come back to work, not stay at home all over the country like they're doing. Yep, absolutely. And, and let me ask you this. You know, you, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, you've seen many different crises, many different disruptions in the market. Uh, you've seen, obviously, what happened in 2008. How do you compare what we're going through now to 2008? Do you think there's any sort of similarities? Um if so, give give some examples. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's, it seems that 2008 we had, you know, a major recession like we're going through now. Are we a month away from a deep, deep Great Depression that would be the second in, you know, the country's, you know, history? We're close. I mean, the the differences are that this wasn't about a bad economy, right? We had a tremendous economy going into this pandemic, the president has done a great job with the 2017 Tax Job Cuts Act, and the economy was soaring, right? So a lot different than, you know, 2008, where we just had bad politics creating bad economy. So here, great economy, devastation from pandemic. But fortunately, and thank goodness, we had President Trump, who had taken a bad economy coming into his presidency, getting it to the best economy ever, right? The more jobs ever, minorities working at the highest level ever, and people being paid more than ever. And, and that has given us at least the stage to recover from something on president. But, you know, the president has done a great job with the first couple of stimulus programs. And, and now I think he's set the stage for a great recovery and getting states to open back up. I mean, that's really the key is getting back to work. Amen. Amen. 100%. And, and, you know, you talk about those tax cuts in 2017, you know, and, and, and please tell everybody, you know, you're, you're a financial expert. You're an expert at what, at taxes, uh, you know, for the people that want to say, you know, the, especially the people on the left, oh, that, those were only for the rich. I mean, they, please debunk that. They absolutely were not because we have a lot of haters that listen to this show. I mean, in reality, it helped the middle class more than anyone on earth. It helped businesses with huge, you know, reliefs. Uh, it allowed people to hire more employees. I mean, there's employees. There's so many great things. More jobs came to America. More factories opened up. I mean, I could go on and on. And you could go on and on because, you know, we saw the results from 
a tax reform program that brought jobs back to the highest level ever because, look, when you're a country, you're competing against the world when it comes to jobs and to business, and we weren't competitive as a country. We had become too high of a tax country, too many regulations. We couldn't compete. We couldn't bring jobs here, and we had too many tariffs that hurt us. And then you see President Trump turn that around. You put in the tariffs that helped us, you know, eliminate the regulations, gave us a tax rate where when you're in business, right, you're in in business with the government. And that government has to be a good partnership. It wasn't. It was unjust partnership because all the money we made went back to the government. We couldn't grow. We couldn't, you know, bring people on. We couldn't grow our companies and bring more employees into the to the workforce. And uh, that all changed when we put the 2017 Job Tax Act into place. And we saw that the benefits were lower tax rate, more money going to the IRS and Treasury because more people were working. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And let me ask you this. Do you see, after this uh, pandemic nonsense is over, do you see Trump doing a bunch of other tax cuts that can really uh, even make America even greater and, and, and make more leniency and more flexibility and, and more room for uh, businesses to grow and, and individuals? You know, every time he talks, you just see that brilliance of someone that's in office that's been a business owner and has run businesses because when you when he talks about the payroll tax holidays as something that we need to do, he's also talked about tax cuts. Like, remember, we had the mills and entertainment tax cuts that he wants to bring back that we lost um, a while back ago and, and give that incentive so people go back out to the hotels, go back to the restaurants, things that are really targeted towards specific industries that have had the most pain and suffering. And he just zeroes in right on that, and I think everyone understands that lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and let, let, let me ask you, in terms of what you would expect, I mean, he's predicting a huge uh, third quarter. I believe he said third quarter. What do you, how do you see? I mean, he thinks we're going to come back stronger than ever before. I believe him. I mean, and he makes the statement saying he built the best economy once, he'll do it again. Why not, right? Why not? And certainly, I mean, I think you already see it starting. I mean, here in Florida, it's back to business as normal. Fortunately, I have a great governor here that, you know, loves the president and is really following his advice and not the media. But we've opened back up. The economy is going well. We are actually growing GDP here in the state of Florida, and every other state should follow suit. And, you know, we'll have a strong, strong third quarter. People are wanting to get back to buying and having consumer confidence and the workers, you know, this passion for the president that we have is just showing in the workforce and what we're doing here in the uh, different sectors. Amen. Amen. 100%. Well, I really love talking to you, Julio. I want to get you back soon. Uh, Tell everybody where they can connect with you and where they can get in touch. Yeah, we're at engineertaxservices.com. I'm the tax reform expert out there on Twitter, you know, supporting good tax law and making sure that, you know, we continue to, you know, 
give the America worker the tax program that allows them to grow personally and for their families. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Well, anyways, we will get you back on soon. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Um, And uh, I'm I'm praying that uh, everything goes back to normal soon in the economy. Thanks for all you do. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All righty. I want to welcome to the show, I believe, I want to make sure he's with us. I believe we have U.S. Congressional candidate from Virginia. Um, let's make <clears throat> sure I have U.S. U.S. Congressional yep. candidate from Virginia, Andrew Neggs. Andrew, how are you, my friend? Welcome. Hey, Rory. I'm doing really well. How are you? Uh, doing great, my friend. Uh, excellent to have you great. on. Your first time on the program. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Andrew Nags, and I am a Republican candidate for Congress here in the 7th District of Virginia. And the 7th District is a uh, is in central Virginia. Um, I just left the Trump administration. I was a uh, presidential appointee. I left back in September in order to launch my campaign in October. I was the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for special operations and combating terrorism. And uh, earlier in my career, I started out as a, I'm a West Point grad. I've got a civil engineering undergraduate degree. Uh, went on to become a Green Beret. I graduated from West Point um, and uh, became a Green Beret, commanded a special forces team in Iraq, two tours in Iraq, Bronze Star Medal. And then after nine years in the service, I got out and went to law school at William & Mary. And then a few years after uh, after graduating there, I started my own law firm and worked with small businesses, helping them grow, create jobs, deal with the federal government, investors, that sort of thing. And I was doing that for a few years until the uh, White House reached out and uh, offered me the opportunity to come serve the president, which I did um, proudly. So, yeah, now I am in this race with a number of other candidates. Our uh, nomination process, we are picking a nominee by uh, by a convention, not a primary. Now, that was that event was supposed to be last month. In, in fact, it was supposed to be about a month ago, April 25th. But now we've uh, pushed that out a couple more months. We're uh, going to be on the campaign trail until uh, the end of July or middle of July, July 18th. And uh, we're and I'm competing for the opportunity to go take the fight to Abigail Spamberger, who is one of uh, Nancy Pelosi's most loyal uh, foot soldiers in the Congress. And she's a freshman, uh, freshman congressman, the first freshman to hold this seat since the 70s. And uh, she's got to go. She's broken promises left and right to the people, the good people of the 7th District, and uh, and it's time for us to right the ship. Um, a little yeah. bit more about me. I am a, uh, I'm proudly a conservative and uh, proudly a Republican. I've been both since before I started at West Point, and uh, we need a return to uh, conservative principles. And I know sometimes people's eyes glaze over when it comes to ideology, but I will tell you that um, that our philosophy 
is what uh, allows us to uh, kind of keep going in the same direction. And we need a return to a recognition of what binds us together as Americans. And uh, we, need, uh, we need to uh, stay focused on the future. Amen. 100%. No, I agree with you. I love it. I love it. Very, very well said. And uh, thank you for your service, first and foremost. Time uh, in the Trump administration. How was that? I bet that was a, an experience of a lifetime. Surreal, right? Yeah, no, it was it was phenomenal, and I uh, I was sworn in in uh, September of 2017, and you know that whole process started with the vetting and all of that, kind of in the late spring of 2017 and through the summer, and then uh, everything was complete. I had to shut down my business, of course, and we had to sell our property and move up to Northern Virginia. Um, by the time that was all said and done, it was September, and uh, it was off to the races. It was a it was a great time. Those two years that I spent, uh, September of 17 until September of 19, um, it was a challenging job. I mean, it was uh, – uh, uh, there's uh, – People sometimes, I think, um, don't fully understand that um, we're always engaged uh, around the world. And I'll tell you, under this president's leadership and um, his his clear, um, crystal clear focus on America first, we were able to really get a ton done. Now, I was responsible for the um, what's what's you know, basically the special operations enterprise. So every, uh, you know, the policies, the authorities, things like that, that allowed us to do business around the, uh, do conduct operations around the world, counterterrorism operations, that sort of thing around the world um, I had uh, oversight of. And uh, we were busy all the time. It was a great opportunity to serve. It was good to have the experience to see what's going on inside of the administration and uh and it's a great opportunity to serve the president see his leadership uh firsthand and to uh, work our way through crises and really move the needle in terms of securing americans and uh furthering our interests around the world i love it i love it and you, you speak of you know, you, you worked, you know, helping with terrorism and stuff like that. Did you oversee or, or were involved with any of the uh, take, taking out of ISIS? I mean, did, did you get were, – were you oh, yeah. in, that, in that department? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, as I said, the uh, – yeah, um, basically anything that you're familiar with in terms of counterterrorism um, outside yeah. of the country – um, whether yeah. it's in Africa, the Middle East, um, even, you know, um, Southeast Asia, what have you, that was, yeah, I had a hand in that. My team and I had a hand in that. But I was also responsible for all of, um, and we were, uh, you know, led, led policy, defense policy on hostage rescue, personal recovery, and that sort of thing. Now, you know, and really what I would tell you, Rory, is that that perspective um, paired me to um, have a larger view in terms of the role that um, this country plays in in the world and um, how genuine 
the the need for American leadership really is around the world. Now, people talk about the left will say all day long that we have alienated our allies, we've uh, betrayed friends around the world, so on and so forth. And I reject that. I've seen it firsthand. Um, our friends and allies around the world are um, are able to be more confident in our decision-making because they know if their interests are aligned with ours, then we will be, uh, we will be the most reliable friends. But if they're not, then, uh, then they have to understand that uh, we are going to be, just as every other country around the world is, we're focused on the uh, vital national interests of the United States. And that was, that's really refreshing. That, um, and, and I think it builds confidence with our friends and allies around the world. Now, as far as, as you know, what, so what does that have, have to do with what we are facing today? Well, first of all, as I said, we are dealing with crises as a country, as a nation, um, and have yeah. uh, uh, every day that most people aren't aware of. Now, this um, crisis that we're dealing with now, it is a wake-up call for this great nation because it is our opportunity to, uh, for you know, regular folks um, living their lives, focused on uh, doing right by their families, by their communities, friends, and, and so forth. Um, it should open everyone's eyes to the, the clear and present danger that the Chinese Communist Party uh, poses right. to the United States. Right. No one should be under any illusion that, um, that Chinese are, are – they are – adversaries of the highest order and uh, I don't think it's wrong to say that they are right. um, they act and consider themselves enemies of the United States now we have given the Chinese Communist Party in China we've given them control and leverage over the security of the United States because we've allowed them to control our supply chains. And it, that it, has it to is, do with decades of, yes. of outsourcing oh, yeah. globalization and uh, so forth. Yep. Bad leadership. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I could talk to you all day. I love talking to you. Um, I want to, yeah. I want to get you on more. I want to get you on more often. Um, let, let's definitely, uh, let's make you a regular man. I want to get you on weekly. I, lo I love everything. You have, let's to do it. you have a lot of great, a lot of great talking points, a lot of great insight, a lot of great, a lot of great value, um, you know, a lot of great stories. Uh, what, what, a, what a very impressive resume, too. I mean, I would love for somebody like you to get in there and, and you know, clean up D.C. How do, how do people get involved with your campaign? How do they connect with you? Yeah, the best way to do that is through my website, andrewnags.com. We're all over the socials, um, uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, YouTube, all of that. And I would just say, hey, to your audience, um, we need your help. So uh, go to my website. You can see if you are in a position. I know everyone's hurting, but if you're in a position to um, contribute anything, donate anything, whether it's five, ten dollars, it doesn't matter. Um, right. We are in a, in a in a protracted fight here, and we need all the resources that we can muster. So, and of course, if anyone Amen. has any questions, absolutely reach out, and uh, we'll do our best to to uh, get in contact. For sure. 
Andrew, AndrewNangs.com. Absolutely. And I know people can find you on Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, Everybody stay with us. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick commercial. This is the Rory Sauter Show. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless absence every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people add changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries. On 70 online platforms, everybody with us now joining us is, I believe he's with us. I just want to make sure. Uh, yes, he is. 
He is running for the Supreme Court in Georgia. We have Hal Moraz on the program. Hal, how are you? Rory, doing great. And thank you for the invitation, my friend. I appreciate it. Well, great to have you with us, my friend. Uh, Glad you could join us. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, Rory, I, uh, at the age of 17, my friend, I wound up joining the Army, spent 21 years there, uh, that being the first 21 years of my adult life. I uh, had the GI Bill, went to college, went to law school, came back to Georgia, and then I became a judge. And I served as a judge for many years, both as a county judge and a city chief judge. Then I became a prosecutor. And during that time, I taught attorneys, uh, prosecuted criminals, uh, kept the streets safe here. Today, listening to your program, I think the problem we have is one of the gatekeepers in our society. And those gatekeepers are the people who stand guard to make sure the Constitution's followed. And the problem is uh, we have too many states with too many Supreme Courts, in my opinion, that are remaining silent in the face of repeated violations of constitutional rights. And by that, I mean this. The Constitution was created to organize government and set the limits on government over a free people. And today we find our government is really a nanny state and I think we're all getting a good taste of what it means to be in a socialized system. Venezuela is one of the ones that comes right to mind. Uh, the government was never designed to do what it does today, and that is restrain a free people. I heard one of your uh, guests earlier talk about Wisconsin. I say thank God. You're cutting out a little bit. Stepped in and said that uh, that is just unconstitutional. To have a lockdown of a free people indiscriminately, it's almost as if you throw a dart on a calendar and you decide how long people are going to be locked down. And that's tantamount to house arrest. And the government does not have that power. And I say thank God for the Wisconsin Supreme Court for stepping in. Well, we need people, more people like yourself on the Supreme Court to make constitutional decisions and not decisions based on political affiliation. You know what I mean? Too much of these courts, like you said, like you said, are dominated by politics. It's not even, it's not even, uh, they don't even abide by the rule of law so much in, in many different cases. I mean, we see how all these different innocent people, you know, are, are framed and, and that's a problem. You know, that's not what the founding fathers would have wanted uh, for the fu- for the future of the country. And, they're rolling over in their grave right now uh, with how uh, the rule of law is not being put forth towards, uh, you know, certain individuals. I mean, there, there's so many people getting away with so many crimes, and there's also people getting framed and getting wrongly convicted. There's so many issues in the, in the um, you know, it just in the, in the legal, in the legal field, in, in the whole justice system. I and mean, we, we need to fix it. We need to go back to our traditional signature uh, values and, and what America was, was built on, you know? Absolutely. Our founding principles. I don't think anybody can argue, Rory, that today we have a, at least a two-tiered system of justice. And that 
that's a problem. And the only ones who can yeah. rectify that really are the ones who are charged by the Constitution to oversee that the Constitution is followed. And I'm afraid uh, we've been invaded by activists. Uh, just, we have politicians, uh, and we don't need politicians on the bench. If we have people who want to be politicians on the bench, resign and then run for the legislature and see how far you go there. But judges are there to interpret the law. And by that, I mean this. They get a certain number of facts, and then you apply the law to that facts when you have a case. But justices, in addition to that, they have to be guardians of our God-given freedoms and those rights that are enunciated in the Constitution. And unfortunately, that's not going on today, Rory. And that's why I've decided to enter the race to be uh, a justice of the Georgia Supreme Court. I love it. I love it. And, you know, you're, 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 I love it. And you have all the right qualities. You have all the right traits. You want to do the right thing. You want to restore, you know, the rule of law. Um, what, what, um, what's your, who are you running against? What's your competition like? What's the, what, what, what have you tested the waters? I, I know you're, I know you're in, but who, who do you know, like, um, is it anybody in your primary or are you just, are you pretty much the only Republican? You know, I appreciate you saying that, Rory, because in truth, on June 9th, Georgia will pick its next Supreme Court justice. On June 9th, there's no primary. It's all a nonpartisan race. I'm a conservative. Uh, my opponent was appointed by the previous governor 18 months ago, and she has written opinions that turn the rule of law, in my opinion, on its head, because we got to stand for victims' rights. We got to stand for the rule of law. We got to stand for what the Constitution says. You know, I'm I'm running as a justice, but I don't see any problem with putting America first or Georgia first. Right, right. No, I agree. And and I want to I want to ask you. You know, Georgia was one of the first places to open. And look at, I mean, there's no new Corona cases. You guys have done a great job. No, that was a bold move by Governor Kemp, and I applaud him for that. Uh, but, you know, it, I have serious reservations about locking down this whole entire country over a pandemic like this. And, Rory, the truth of it is, I served 21 years in the military. Uh, I can't imagine a soldier saying, you know what, I can't deploy because I might get killed or I might expose myself to some harm. Americans are tougher than that. You know, we forged the nation by crossing it. You know, wild territories and bringing civilization to all parts of this country. We are too right. developed. We have too much tradition, too many heroes to rely on and stand on their shoulders to be basically subject to house arrest across the country. It's wrong, uh, and we need judges and justices to stand up and say, you know what, enough is enough. I think the people are going to rise up, and they are right now, yeah. and they're taking the matters right. into their own hands. They are assembling to redress their grievances with the government. The only thing is we right. find the government's not that happy in many states, uh, and they're trying and to ha- clamp. True. That's True. where the How courts come in, and they need to stand for our freedoms. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I do got to close out the show, but I want to get you back. I want to talk to you a lot, a lot about a lot more things. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved, real quick. 
Rory, real easy. Uh, just Google me, Hal, H-A-L, last name Morose, M-O-R-O-Z. I'm an author as well. I talk about time and country. I talk about the law and our founding principles. You can find me online. I'm just about everywhere. Perfect. Thank you so much, Hal. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Rory. Um, Carlo, um, I wanted to get to you real quick. I, I got to close the show in a minute. I'm going to get you back next episode to talk about a lot of stuff, but I wanted you to promote your book for, I can give you about one minute and then I got to close the show. I'm very sorry. Um, but what, what were you, I know you have, people can find you on Twitter at Carlo Cab, right? And then your book, where can people find your book? They can find my book on uh, two books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, they can either get it in the uh, Kindle version or the uh, paperback version. And uh, absolutely. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, and that's and that's Carlo Cavazzuti dot com, correct? That is correct, Rory. Okay, perfect. And, and Twitter is at CarloCav1, number one. That's, that's correct also. Perfect. Well, and well, I, Carlo, do, I, I, do, I do have books here at home, and if anybody wants to get a hold of me, uh, they should email me at Carlo uh, at uh, CavazzutiCrime45 at gmail.com. I will sign, seal, and deliver a book as long as they pay perfect. me through paper. Perfect, perfect. Everybody, um, it's been a fantastic show tonight. I do got to run. I hope you all have an amazing weekend. Stay safe. Stay responsible. I love you all. Until, until next week, I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.